I want to make sure I get the key points in so people know who you are. So you were a producer for Bandstand, A Christmas Carol, both Broadway shows. You also uh, were a producer for Puffs Off-Broadway, uh, Batsu, The Improv, Pain Show, <laughs> and, and, and also Bruce, which is coming up. Is Bruce going to be on Broadway or is that being worked out? Or Stand by, gotcha. Yeah. Not an, I'm not, an, no offense, I'm not announcing anything here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, if, 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 it's, if nothing official is yet, then that's fair. Uh, and then also you're a founder of the business of Broadway, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which would you describe it as like, I mean, affordable online courses to understand the ins and outs of producing on Broadway or how would you describe it? Well, um, we, uh, started the business of Broadway um, initially to um, have conversations with people who maybe didn't identify first and foremost as business people um, who maybe felt like they they wore the creative hats or the performing hats or whatever. They were on the a side of the business where they felt like they did not um, they were side on the side of show business. They felt like they didn't actually understand how the business part works, whether that was by design or by choice, and they were looking for a little bit of clarity. So we designed the courses um, for those people specifically. Of course, um, the timing ended up being fortuitous, um, but also yeah. it seemed that a lot of people, you know, the idea wasn't that we wanted to train people how to produce. We wanted to just there are a lot of problems within this industry and it's going mm. to take a collective to um, solve them we're not going there's not there's not one producer out there or one person out there i believe um that's just going to have like the idea that fixes the model and that's yeah. also because i think that inherently the model is broken because inherently our country is broken and our country's mm. economic model is broken um i won't go into all of that but um yeah. um when we started these courses it was very important for us that um, if we want to demystify how the business works and if we want to do it in an accessible way, then it actually has to be financially accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and so we price ourselves accordingly. Um, uh, you know, none of us are doing it for a living, though, uh, the education aspect of it, though, mm -hmm. all take great, great joy in doing it. Um, for me, it's been an, a really special outlet for me. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're, we're trying, you know, when the pandemic hit and and we started having more and more rec more and more and necessary reckonings, um, and a lot of people were willing, who maybe previously would not be willing to have these kinds of conversations, were ready to have these kinds of conversations. Um, it it felt like it was all the more important to keep to keep them going and um, to expand the reach as much as possible. So we try to be as accessible as possible and we try to be as candid as possible. So, yeah, I mean, um, I don't like you talked about a bunch of my credits, which was thank, thank you very much for that. Um, uh, Batsu, I would describe as America's Batsu game show. Um, if you know yeah. what um, Batsu uh, is, it's a type of game show in um, Japan. And um, we fuse that with American improv comedy down in the East Village and in Old Town, Chicago. Um, and I've been a part of that as the general manager for um, uh, 
I guess six years now I've been officially part of it, but I've been a fan since show number one and mm. I met my husband at show number three. So I've been, oh, a, I've been cool. a part of that family, um, for going on, um, 11, 12 years now, um, uh, officially a part of it though, um, for the last six and, um, yeah, uh, you know, producing the, the word producer is thrown around a lot. It can mean a person who's doing the day-to-day -day work. It can mean a person who's going out and raising money. It can, and um, <clears throat> every one of the projects that you named of mine, I've, I've worn those different, those different hats. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, or I've, I've, I've used that term, I'm a producer of this, and it had a different meaning each time. Um, Christmas Carol, um, uh, was one that I was a lead producer on and so had a lot more to do with the overall um, plan and trajectory and fundraising and um, got a couple other things in the hopper too they're coming along alongside Bruce and um, it's just you know it's a very difficult time to be making theater um, but it's a very exciting yeah. time. Is it um I'm curious like so it's basically the start of fall. Is it, are, are all the same COVID precautions still in place or is it, yeah, okay. Like um, still for audience and same for, but I guess mainly well, like rehearsal and stuff, it's still be vaxxed yeah. and max, mask up and test. Well, that's a complicated question. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, for the most part, yes. Um, uh, masked. Um, since but since we've been back to work you have not been mandated to be max uh, vaccinated mm. it's just if there are unvaccinated people in your company mm. and when i say company i don't mean like your llc although that is the case, probably the case as well i mean like in your in your theater company mm -hmm. um in the the group of people that is putting on this show if there's an unvaccinated person for whatever reason um the protocols are much stricter mm -hmm. um the testing um uh, regimen um, and cycle is is much much more frequent. Um, yeah, it's a it's very strange time mm -hmm. to be in um, uh, in in theater in a postish COVID world because right. um, I was just working remotely for a couple weeks um, outside of New York City in, in a couple of different places, uh, not at all necessarily. Uh, like not not to be political or anything, but you know, like in a couple of different places, that's a fairly wide swath, I would say. Mm -hmm. And not only is it very easy to feel like COVID only exists still in New York, it's very easy to feel like COVID only exists in theater, it, um, uh, not just in New York, but in theater in general. Uh, so it's a very interesting time. Um, I'm not advocating one way or another, but it's it's. Um, it's it's hard to navigate because especially as an employer and wanting to keep yeah. wanting to keep your audiences safe. Mm -hmm. So it's it's tricky. It's really really tricky. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was just at the airport. Well, um, I went on a couple trips recently to see family, and it's like, I mean, yeah, the airports. It's it's over at the airports, but it's not over. You know, it's not over in the theaters. It's uh, it is a weird time. Yeah. Um, but enough about COVID. Um, <laughs> I mean, people have been talking about it for years. We'll be keep talking about it for years. Um, I don't so, see any shows about it. Yeah. Um, so, so to kind of like redirect things a little bit, 
like, I guess my biggest question I wanted to ask you to make sure I wanted to just ask it right out the gate to make sure we had time for it. Um, I was talking to another friend recently who's a writer and um, has done some off-Broadway stuff. And um, the, the subject that we were kind of going back and forth over was for people like myself included, who's writing and uh, looking to write uh, a play to develop and then also have some other stuff on the back burner. What is sort of like, we were discussing what's kind of the minimum viable product to present your new piece of work. And I'm curious about your perspective, like, you know, could you just see a script or is it best for, or do you just need a table read or do you want to see people up moving around? Or I know it's kind of all different and we had our opinions, what we want to be able to present for the first time as writers, but I'm curious what your approach is to that. Like what, what are you looking for and what do you think best allows writers or whoever's behind a project, what allows that project to put its best foot forward? Um, this is a really, really, really good question. I have a num I don't have an answer, but I have a number of reactions. <laughs> okay. There? Let's start with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, it has run the gamut. Um, I most, one of the most impactful, the theatrically impactful, experiences I've ever had was see it was being at NAMT, which is a musical theater festival that only presents 45 minutes of a, sh of, of a reading. So like it only presents mm -hmm. 45 minutes in a reading capacity. Um, I saw Come From Away there in like 2013. And um, it, was the, it was the first 45 minutes of the show. Music stands, no costumes, couple of musicians. And one of the most theatrically impressed like amazing moments of my life and i was like i gotta know what happens next i got it like and 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 like that's an extreme example because it's come it's come from away and we all know and love it now um yeah another example though would be christmas carol which i first saw in london fully produced you know mm. like fully envisioned by the um uh the uh artistic director of the old vic matthew warchess um there's there's been shows that i've heard with you know really unprofessional demos shows that i saw at the larry beachman shows that i that i produced at the larry beachman shows <laughs> um um and then and then shows that like you know you see it like a fringe festival so um and then there's shows like that can be fully produced so it can really really run um the full gamut what i will say is that when something is still in a if you because I, I suspect that you're asking this because like because you are working in with projects that are in development or you're working with people who have a number of projects that are at a certain stage of development please trust the people you are inviting to listen to it or to read it or to see it do not overproduce it for me and, and that means the reading like unless you are at a place where you're ready to do like a fully staged workshop, um, then just do a reading and keep mm -hmm. it bare bones and let me use my imagination. If you're doing demos, don't like have like a 12 piece band, you know, and um, 
you know, something that costs you $20,000 to do, not only does that put pressure, not only do I feel like, ah, that's a lot of pressure um, on this demo to sell it, right? But it tells me that creatively you're done. And I, and when a show is in development, you want it to be in a place where creatively, we all understand there's still work to be done. There's still, there's still forward progress. Why do demos, the version of a cast album, you know, if you're going to like eventually have a, like, you know, of the version of the show, that's actually the cast album, if that makes sense. So, um, I, I always tell people like, don't overproduce, especially in a development moment. But that being said, like if you have an opportunity to put a show up somewhere yeah. right, and you actually have an opportunity to, to like have its legs up or have it on its legs, excuse me. Um, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't know about doing it here. I know I can afford it or I know that I can, I know I can cast. It. I know that this could, this could, work. I know they want to do the show, but it's a small theater. Um, and uh, I want to wait for like something bigger and better. Well, take, what what you have and like and produce it um and because you never know it can still take that it can take that next step there's nothing saying that it can't um and so um that's a a lot of reactions to what you said without yeah. a, a definitive answer um your show is going to no. right <laughs> yeah well let me, just to like uh uh to kind of share what we were going back and forth on because so he you know he he's done two off-Broadway shows, I think, at this point. Um, very small, small productions. But so we we were kind of debating, uh, going back and forth on, like, what's the minimum we think that would make us happy? So we were, you know, we were talking about, like, small off-Broadway or off-off-Broadway sort of black box sort of setups where we as creatives can have our off-Broadway show where it's like, okay, I at least whatever happens next happens next, but I at least, you know, got to do my off-Broadway weekend or short run, even if it was the lowest budget I could afford or whatever, like, I I feel like I got to at least present it to a public audience. Um, And also, and there's some other things along with that, but um, along with that, we were sort of to get into like the nuts and bolts, we were talking about like, okay, what would you need to uh, budget for? What what kind of crew is essential for that? And so we had we were talking about like, you know, maybe you would have to come up with like ten grand, and you would have a crew of like seven people. And we were talking about what roles would be really uh, important to kind of creating this basic off or off off Broadway production. Does anything like that? Uh, Cause you, I'm curious if you have a reaction to any of those thoughts because you were just talking about like, you know don't do a $20,000 demo. Um, but I do wonder if um, you have any thoughts on, okay if you're gonna do off off Broadway you should try and keep it under this dollar amount or you should try to, I don't know, maybe you look at it from a different approach. Like, cause you were talking about producing stuff at Lori Beachman and all that. What, what, if any reaction do you have to that card, little bit of rambling? <laughs> um, 
you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a general, you know, you men, I think you mentioned I'm a general manager. That's actually how I make my living because there's not mm -hmm. much money I'm producing. Um, and so for me as a general manager, you know, it's, it's a different side of my brain almost because the producer mm -hmm. has to be the dreamer, the general manager has to be the realist. And for me, the, my reaction is like, it's going to cost what it's going to cost, you know, like, yeah. um, if you want to do a show off off Broadway, here's what it costs. How much do you have? Can you bridge that gap? Um, it's about, I mean, this is kind of like, it's one of those questions if like that if it were easy to answer, everybody would be doing it, right? Or mm -hmm. like, um, it's one of those tough things that like you have to like listen to what the show, what the show needs, you know, like the things that yeah. the Beachmen were brand, like things that were brand new, that mm -hmm. we just wanted a room that was in front of friends. We just wanted some friends and family in mm -hmm. a room, having drinks, hearing it yeah. out loud for the first time. Yeah. Is that what the show needs? Is what the show needs is like highly professional union actors in a room for 29 hours learning it giving the writers a chance to go home at night um uh, maybe do a, a tiny tiny rewrite um and actually like having it in uh a, a bare the most bare bones setting possible to like here does the show actually work mm -hmm. not necessarily in front of a bunch of family and friends who are drinking well you know, is that what the show needs right now? Is what the show needs is actually a develop, like a real development step in the sense that like, we're gonna, we need time to like go in one day, rehearse a scene, go home and rewrite that scene, bring it back the next day and have those actors work on that scene with the director and see if it mm -hmm. works a little bit better. Well, then you're gonna need like a different tier of development, you know? So um, it can feel, especially when you're really close to a project creatively and you're just like, I just need someone to hear it out loud and be like, this is the show that I want to produce. Um, but if you really truly care about the process and you under, and you really respect the process, and I don't mean to say that anybody doesn't, but like, you know, for me, I have, I hold the process in like such high regard because theater unlike almost any other art form is collaborative and it's not only collaborative it's immensely so um every different person on the stage or backstage or who's left the building because they've already done their work as a designer or or an orchestrator they all told their own version of the story they all, and they all contributed to the story to the version that you singular audience member are experiencing and the version that me, singular audience member sitting next to you, are experiencing. And you don't get at the alchemy of it all unless you go through the process of like, hear it, rewrite, hear it, rewrite, put it in front of an audience that cares, rewrite, put it in front of an audience that doesn't care, that paid money and you have to impress their asses. So I always, for me, the root always goes back to where are we in the process? what does the show need and if you are the writer of the show you are too close to it to know what an objective 
audience, like what a regular everyday average Joe audience member is going to think. That's the job of the producer to try to keep the perspective as close to that of the that average Joe audience member as possible, which is why we don't sit in the room day after day in and day out during that creative process. Apart from the fact that we have other things that we need to be doing, we need to keep our perspective. We need to keep that bird's eye on the on the piece. Yeah. So I, I took a turn with that. I took. Yeah. I should be. No, I gotcha. If you asked a yeah. question, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it to um, answer it in a different <laughs> way. No, no, it's. I mean, and that's part of what's important about these conversations for me is that, uh, you know, uh, often with these topics, I feel like when you ask someone who has a different perspective, it's almost like they. It's almost like you know, they want, they hear what you're going through and it's like, no, you should be asking this question, not these. So I don't, I don't think of it as uh, uh, going off track or anything. It, it, it should go where it goes. But the, the other, the other question I was kind of thinking in regards to this then was like, um, because I've been involved in different projects and there, there's been a couple times I know where I've reached out to different producers and been like, Hey, I'm involved in this. Do you want like a free ticket to this or, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's, oh, people are always busy, which may or may not be true, but I, I assume that regardless uh, of whether or not it's true, I'm sure producers are seeing stuff all the time. And that's part of your job is just to see what's out there and know what's coming up and like looking for opportunities, because if you could find the next come from away, then like you want to find it. But so going back to what I was kind of originally asking, I'm wondering if there is a sort of uh, level of presentation that is most attractive or if, or if that even matters. Like if you're, you know, like if you have the chance to, and maybe it's different for each producer, like, you know, I'm sure some people would love to go have a drink at Joe's pub and hear like a few songs from a new musical and some people might want to see something up on its feet and some people might want to just take something home and read it. What, what do you think is, I don't know, is there a form of seeing something for the first time or learning about something for the first time that's most attractive to you or do you think is usually the most successful for uh, writers or directors? <sighs> Loaded. Um, it this is where understanding how the industry works is mm -hmm. really beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, so to your first point, yeah, not only is it our job to see, like not only if you're a Tony voter, you're obligated to see every single new show in a season on mm -hmm. Broadway, at least once, many shows invite you back again. Hmm. That's 40-ish, 45 shows a season. Mm -hmm. That's more than one out of every 10 days that you're going to see a Broadway show. I don't see this as a complaint. No, yeah. This is like, but I don't see it's, fill, it's then, still filling then up your schedule. In, then see, then factor in your off Broadway, off, off Broadway concerts, what have you. Yeah. Then factor in your readings. Then yeah. factor in the scripts that you're just supposed to read. Um, then factor in the depth, like, you know, the videos that, that you, the show, then the, the shows that you didn't get a chance to travel out of town for. Fa also factor in the shows that you could travel out of town to go see. Factor in the shows you didn't have time to travel in and you're watching an archival of. 
watching shows takes up an immense amount of time and bandwidth. Yeah. And then you have to do the work too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is more than a full-time job. I cannot tell you the number of days that I've been like in the office from 10 to six, gone to like a fit, like, like a thing, whether it's a meeting, like a meeting or a dinner with like an investor or something, and then gone to see a show and like all in, I've left my home at eight 30 in the morning. I'm not home until 10 o'clock at night. I'm going to do it all the next day. Again, I will, I'm not complaining. I am very blessed to be doing what I do. That's, that's the first point. Um, uh, well, actually, okay. I'll make my second point will be more tangential to that than the, than the other. Um, <laughs> what hooks me is going to be the people that are, it's always, this is a people industry. So it's the people that's involved, whether it's an invite from a fellow producer that I know and I'm friends with general sure. manager, whether it's an administrative person that I, that's a colleague, whether it's a director, admire, um, a performer that I like, mm-hmm. um, that's always very helpful. Um, whether if I saw somebody was there on Instagram the night before, you know, like I went to see, um, a sh- I was at a show last night. Um, I got a last minute invite. It honestly was the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, and because, you know, it's just a really exhausting time and I'm, I don't do very well in the heat and it's, you know, we're recording this on September 1st. It's, we're just coming out of August. It's been very, very hot. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. And I just don't do well with it. Um, but uh, a, a friend whose taste I admire had seen the show the night before and mm-hmm. had like just posted on Instagram about how much they loved it. And um, and uh, it it was good. It was very it, like I, I it was I, I'm glad that I went to see it, even though uh, but. You know, it, it's just one of those it was just one of those things like just read about this, got the invite. OK, yeah, you know, what? Yeah. I'm just going to. Um, now the third point that the third reaction I had to what you said, um, this is where knowing how the industry works is helpful. You can just send out any, if you, and I, and this was how I was doing it early in my career too. If you just are blanket emailing producers, and I'm not saying that you are, but right. people you just blanket email producers and you're like, and I mean, I can't tell you a number of times a week, <laughs> a week I get an email saying I'm looking for a producer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing if you know how this industry works it does not take a lot of research it takes almost no research at all to know okay this is the kind of person who exclusively produces and they're one of the very very few who has an office infrastructure like a a producing office with many Mm -hmm. with several people with associates that can be invited and who actually are the one of the few people that make a living as a producer this is a person who writes checks or gets other people to write checks and mm-hmm. they tend to be people this is not a, i don't say this in a disparaging way at all but they tend mm-hmm. to be a person who has a little bit more time to go out and see things you mm-hmm. know and, and i rely on those people as well to be like this is really this is coming down the pike this is really good i saw this i like this artist you know and their taste i i find very good or or um uh very uh, helpful helpful um, we're also recording this at 930 at night. It's been a very long day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I find it good. Um, the, then you can look at someone like me who makes a living as a general manager and an educator and produces as well. And you're like, you might think, and I'm not saying this so that like people don't send me invites to things. I don't <laughs> like, 
that's like, oh, okay, that person's like in it, they're in the thick of it, they know a lot of people, like, mm -hmm. I want them to think that about me, but also like, they're not a person who can just like drop everything, write me a check, they're not yeah. just a person who can like drop everything, pick up my show and go and pound the pavement to get people to write, write big checks, they're out there, you know, like, so when the more that you like read and know about people um and are out there and getting to know folks the more you can tell the difference between those different types of people who have credits as lead producers on broadway and you might not find it to be as frustrating a time fair enough i think i think we're out of time so <laughs> let, let's, oh no no it's cool no let's cut it there that was a good like definitive end to that that question so um yeah thank you so much for being on here and um thank you so much for asking me i i'm always like why do people want to know what i think <laughs> well it's just you know you're you're doing it and um so many people are not you know <laughs> and uh so we're all just so curious about um you know, the people are finding success. And, uh, you know, one, one thing I'll just last think, uh, we, you know, uh, just to speak to the audience listening, though, I will say one thing that I appreciate about being able to talk to you. And then one thing I appreciated about the class and really one of the biggest reasons why I took, I think I took two of the classes at business of Broadway. Maybe I don't, I don't remember how many, but I, a big reason I took it was just like, to learn, but also to have the ability for the Q and A and just be, be able to talk to people. I mean, I think, I think that's, it was like, is it still like 20 bucks or what it like the, the, or at least the intro class? I mean, it's like yeah, 25, 25 bucks. Yeah. As that is, that's worth it for the Q and A, but, um, the, I, we, yeah. I'll tell you, it's our favorite part of the class too. And, yeah. you know, we've had a lot of talks about how valuable that part is for us as well. It's interesting. There's always like two or three questions that we get almost every class. And then after mm. that, it's like mm. the most insightful, thought provoking questions. It's really great. And we just we really pride ourselves in, you know, being as unvarnished as possible and just, you know, it's not like speaking truth to power necessarily, but like we we certainly would if given when, whenever given the opportunity. Um, and uh, thank you for saying so, because it's um, like I said, it's our favorite part of the class as well. Well, everyone go do it. Go do the <laughs> class. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, John. Bye.